Welcome to Cheaper Than Therapy, a podcast that journeys into conversations with the intention of demystifying, destigmatizing, and desensitizing what really gets talked about behind the closed doors of the therapy room. I'm Vanessa Bennett. And I'm Danae Selkin. And we're seekers, soul sisters, and holders of sacred space. So join us as we dive into the ways that therapy can be connecting not only to yourself, but also to those around you. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. Danae and I are super excited to talk about the fact that we have our first in-person retreat coming up this January, uh, the first week actually, January 2nd through 7th in Carefree, Arizona. It's going to be a stunner. So this retreat is happening at Sivana Retreat, which is like, I could not be more excited for this. I know. It's so beautiful, so luxurious, and you know, I feel like we have been so hungry to come together in community for certainly over a year now. And, you know, we were really committed to like, we want to do this in a way that feels safe for everyone and in a way that we can really hold some therapeutic containing work, um, but also really create community in a way that all of us have been so hungry to feel it for so long now. Yeah. And if you guys are listening to the podcast and you know what Danae and I are about, right? You know that we are all about getting in there, deep diving, getting beneath the surface. And so we're going to bring together, it's basically going to be a week of us bringing together all of the deepest, most integrative work that her and I do on a day-to-day basis, right? Mm. So we're going to be doing shadow work. We're going to be doing inner child work. We're going to be talking about the mother wound. We're going to be, you know, getting in and digging out old codependent relationship behaviors and patterns. I mean, there is so much that we are packing into this week. Oh Um, yeah. Yeah, that, that just, healing work ooh. and, you know, we're going to dive into masculine and feminine dynamics, which we're obsessed with. But, you know, to me, this is really going to be like us supporting you in leveling up, you know, not only your spiritual tools and your toolkit in general, but, you know, how you want to enter 2022, right? Yeah. How can you learn to live from the most authentic place or the mm-hmm. most authentic space that you possibly can? That is really our hope to be able to give you the tools to do that in the best way that you can. Love it. This is from self-abandonment to inner belonging, the intensive, like you said, V, January 2nd through 7th in Carefree, Arizona. Join us. Yeah. It's on uh, my website, vanessabennett.com backslash retreats. So today we are talking to Sarah and Sarah wrote in with an interesting topic. I mean, I think it's something that I have heard a handful of times with other clients um, and with my partner, actually, we've, we've discussed something similar as well. Um, so Sarah, it sounds like you recently went through a breakup and it sounds like the breakup was included a, a wedding that was called off only a couple of days prior. Right. And, and one of the larger kind of underlying topics is really around specifically in Asian culture, but when it's not just about the partner, it's also about the family and, you know, how much of this is like, I need to also marry the family versus the the other person. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and struggling kind of with like, how do I date now that all of this has come? So true. So this was two years back, but feels like a year back because of the whole COVID. I think mm-hmm. that whole one year went into maybe therapy. Most for me, it was just being alone and being with myself and fig- figuring out what went wrong, even from yeah. my side. So, and after that, dating again, oh my God, it's been a struggle to say the least. And and in our Asian culture, in our culture, it's, it's just you not only see the guy, you see the parents, you see the family. And 
if it's not that you see them they see you mm-hmm. and they are so involved in our lives mm-hmm. like uh, we st- we don't move out after 18 we stay with our parents we stay with our families and even if we don't stay together they are continuously part of our small decisions to big decisions yeah. like i i'll give you an example i came across this guy very kind down to earth you know but just very a kind soul and for some reason i liked being friends with him but didn't want to take it further so i was very clear from the start that i'm not ready i am not ready for a full on relationship i'm not mm-hmm. ready to get into this thing and suddenly the parents come in and say no either don't talk to her or just date Mm. seriously <sighs> like there was no middle ground for mm. me to move on yeah. and it just got complicated because honestly more than more than a partner i need friends right yeah. now mm. and to have found such a good friend and to just leave it because of complications it just didn't sit right with me because my parents never did this to me mm. so they are a big part of my lives like i can't even take any big decision without telling them or you know taking in their opinions but it still for me to face something like this it triggered me i didn't want it to trigger me but it triggered me so much like how could i not be accepted i think that was mm. my underlying thing i was going to ask you that, what did it trigger in you so not being yeah. accepted okay yeah so not being accepted not like and why would parents always it's it's just that first question that comes in how are the parents how are the family and we are traditionally that culture that you stay with the parents after marriage also mm. so you know we have to take that also so anyone ask us is he staying with parents is he now and because of the whole marriage thing for some reason i keep getting proposals from parents and um like you know they want they marriage proposals keep coming in because mm. they feel just because i was ready for marriage for a wedding and a marriage with Before. that guy mm-hmm. um yeah i'm ready right now right and so then it becomes like how do you get to the place of feeling like you're ready for marriage when it feels like everybody else around you is almost like rushing like you said there's no middle ground it's like yeah. we're either get we're getting ready to get married or we're not speaking at all true Mm. and it's just and either it's the extremes right people just want to sleep and fuck off like sorry for the language but okay. yeah <laughs> i have and, a bad mouth too <laughs> <laughs> so it's either of the two spectrums i don't know how to find middle ground and then i'm continuously getting triggered and continuously having these bad dates yeah. that i'm like forget dating i don't want to date now i want to be with myself more mm, like yeah. i would rather be alone and not cope with the anxiety around it sure yeah <laughs> well it's interesting you know i just finished reading dr shafali sparry i think is how you say her last name her book a radical awakening and she talks a lot about this in the context of asian cultures and you know the cultural pressures around marriage and um like and women and you know what i found so interesting that she spoke to was that a lot of times the cultural component of families that you're speaking to is just sort of like how do i say this like 
the blatant extreme of what's happening on a cultural level anyway. Meaning, I think a lot of times what our culture presents to women is it's it's 20, you're like around 28, that that biological clock, like you need to get married, hurry up. Like, what, what are you doing? Where's the husband? Where's the babies? Like, let's get going. And so maybe it's a little bit less, um, you know, blatant on a like, like cultural collective level, but you know, when my family is so like, you know, in my face with the extreme or families are with the extreme of like, no, you were ready. Like you should still be ready. Let's go. Let's get this marriage thing done. It's really dehumanizing to be honest. Um, it's not about you at all. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, you could be anything. You're just like an object to, to marry my son, to create some babies, to carry on this lineage. And I just want to speak to like what that feels like internally to be objectified in that way. Yeah. It feels not accepting. Like I think fine. I should be accepted for who I am. I should not be changing continuously how I Hmm. you know how I feel about stuff or how I should be able to say that I don't like a guy and want to be friends I should be able to say Hmm. that I am not ready I'm 28 but I'm still not ready even for a serious relationship no I can't I have been I have been dating since I was 14 I think I've never (laughs) I don't think and I was in a seven-year relationship with this guy and it, uh, we, we called off our wedding two days before. We were engaged for a year. So it was just something. How do you feel about that, that I, now? So it's been a couple of years. Can I ask yes. where you're at with the feelings around the, the relationship that ended and the called off wedding? Like, are you feeling in a place of peace and acceptance yes. about that? Yes. yes. Relieved. Relieved because mm-hmm. the last 10, 20 days, I think, was pure torture for me like I don't I don't recognize myself from that phase of my Mm. life I'd become this crying clingy kind of a person who was just begging for someone to be with her yeah that Mm. person clearly didn't want to so and that doesn't sound like you right now at all even in this (laughs) short conversation we've had I don't get that energy from you I get like that in relationships I Mm. I am I'm this out no one would believe what I went through then you know because they would always feel like you must be the dominating one Mm. you must be doing this but I am not in relationships I become I become this I think codependent is the word for it Uh, I become this person who needs to be taken care of like I like to be taken care of for a change because I've Mm. I've really not been a child since my childhood I think so yeah you know something I just I just want to lose control to someone I want to give up control Mm -hmm. to someone to trust someone like that but Mm -hmm. it just and and yeah like things come up for me right now and especially in this dating culture where people are like either you date on Bumble and Tinder where you go on these short dates and sleep and forget about it or else you go into the marriage proposals mm-hmm. there is mm. and and sleeping with someone is another I think thing for me never it's it's so ins I don't know how to I don't even think I'll be I don't know that's mm. I <laughs> that's another thing because I've never slept with anyone other than that ex of mine mm-hmm. so it really brings up so many issues for me this whole thing dating mm-hmm. culture mm. yeah 
feel that so deeply, Sarah. Um, so I guess the question that's coming up for me, and I really want to hold with reverence, um, the very real cultural pressures that we feel from our family. I don't know what your situation is right now in terms of what where you're living and what that looks like. But when you think about standing in the space of, for me right now, what I need is to do me a little bit. What I need is to be in the space of self-exploration and really identifying what some of my own needs are before I am ready to share my life with someone else. What, what does that bring up? Um, does that feel like that's even something that could be possible to step into a little bit? Maybe, yeah, of course, stepping into discovering myself, like what I really like. Like, mm -hmm. I think all my choices have been dependent on people I've dated or, you know, mm -hmm. or family. For the first time, I'm, I have, for some, a little bit given of, given that freedom to explore what you like, you know. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm last time when I was dating, I was in college and no, you know, no financially, not well. Right now, I'm financially well doing well for myself mm -hmm. um so you know I have that freedom plus the maturity to explore that part of myself like I want to travel I want to I want to really get to do stuff which I used to think oh sh I'll get married and do it mm -hmm. no this I won't be allowed right now like I was never allowed on solo trips I was never it was always said get married and go okay so, you know yeah that way so this feels important because this really important. now we're in the space of like what I can do, but is also very difficult to do, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're in the space of what V and I would call like the individuation process and, and really attempting to identify like, what are my truths that feel true for me versus what I have been just sort of conditioned to believe needs to be the truth. And so true. yeah, and that's, I, I don't even for a second want to minimize how difficult embodying that, that space is because it's, it's, I believe some of the most difficult and important work of our lifetime. Well, and especially add the difficult factor of having to stand up and kind of justify it to your family. Right. Absolutely. I mean, that adds a whole layer to it. And I, and I don't want to minimize too, like, you know, I know when I speak about codependency, I, I do try, especially when I do the class around upbringing, I mm. try to kind of put that caveat around, like we are talking about this from a very Western perspective, right? Like <laughs> boundaries and putting all these structures in place and, you know, being individual. And like, this is a very Western approach to relationships, right? And so it does need to be said that there are, you know, cultural components, whether it's the Asian culture or like Latin American cultures, for example, very collectivistic. And there's nothing wrong with being raised in and living in a collectivist culture. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of really amazing things that the Western culture actually misses out on massively, right? Um, by how individual we all think we need to be. So mm -hmm. it is a little bit of a give and take to there too, right? Like you can still love and, and uh, be accepted and held by some components to this cultural, um, to the cultural norms that we've been speaking of. And for your own sake, there could be parts of them that the conversations with family needs to be like, listen, this doesn't sit with me. You know, this is what I want. This is what I desire. This is what I need. Um, and it's tough because you're in that generation. I think that that's actually happening more and more, right? 
that are like this part, I'm not, I'm not carrying this part on, right? Like, I don't want this part for myself. I want to travel alone or I, I don't mm. want to date right now or whatever it is. And so you've got a little bit of stuff on your shoulders because <laughs> you're kind of in that generation that's like changing it, you know? Yeah. And you know, our parents are growing with us. You know, I've understood sure. that part of it. Like even they are doing it for the first time. So they are, and right now, even they are going through mm-hmm. massive change. My mother went from blaming me to blaming herself to right now being my support system, wow. uh, you know, and telling me, go, go out. It's fine. You know, mm-hmm. you don't want to date, don't date. But she's also, you know, at some point because of her thing and because of her upbringing and all of that society as such, they keep telling her, right? They keep telling her your daughter is 28 your son is 31 get them married what are they doing you know that's the first question that comes up when people meet what are they doing they don't Mm. ask how's the career going yeah like I am yeah not to brag but I am about to become a partner in my own firm and (laughs) and by the way let's please brag brag uh, brag on my love brag (laughs) worked for that yeah I I am the first I'm a okay can I I'm a chartered accountant okay Mm -hmm. and I'm the first chartered accountant in four generations of my family Mm -hmm. with no 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 family background no support you know Mm -hmm. I have done it and I've I've become a partner in a 33 year old old firm where they wanted me they didn't you know it was it was like Mm -hmm. that interesting how we found the wanting and the acceptance Yes. We're so and clearly longing for in romantic relationships. And yet we've actually made it happen for ourselves in our career. But no one mm-hmm. asked me that. And even if I say, you know, if I became a partner, next question will come. So who are you dating? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when I, you know, that's the next thing. But, uh, and even this profession, I have had to, you know, really deal with issues here because there, there are issues with passive aggressive bosses and, you know, un- mm-hmm. and because, we are at our work cultures a lot at our like we spend at least 10 hours a day there so things come up more there for me like I have had panic attacks all throughout I think when I was dealing with stuff and it has changed a lot for me there also that is why I was on the verge of resigning and you know traveling the world and the co and then COVID happened so and then this happened so things have changed for me a lot so, but it know, feels hopefully. Sarah, like actually they've changed and yet it almost feels like everything is working together. Like it, it, the way you're talking about it, the themes feel so clear. It, it feels like you're being presented with so many opportunities to do the same kind of work internally, whether it's, you know, through job or through relation or through family, like I think what Danae said earlier, it's like, this feels like such a strong moment of individuation for you where you're on this like cusp of being like, who am I? What do I want? What do I need? What do I demand? What should I be able to brag about? What do I, you know, all these questions that are very normal and natural questions. Like, I mean, listen, you're in your Saturn return right now. Like this is the time, this is the age, like 27, 28, 29, like this is it. Like, and I'm not saying that to like scare you, but it's, it's almost exciting in a hard way. Yes, it's exciting, it's but it's still hard. I know it's still hard on days when you, it's still so hard because it I'm is. on everything that I have learned, I have to fight on every level, you know, yeah. 
for every inch and every space you have to fight and you know for the first year i got that whole uh, ha she's going through a breakup it's okay give her what she wants listen to her all of that but i think that i down and now it's like hmm. okay That's back to now <laughs> <laughs> yeah so Wait. You know, Sarah, listening to you talk about your mom, and I do think, um, because I work with a lot of clients who have similar struggles around family of origin and the cultural expectations, and I do see that there are things shifting, meaning some of what Vanessa is saying is true about how we are understanding that some of what we have been as an individualist society isn't working. And some of the ways that we need to return to some sort of like collectivist community way of experiencing one another while still being able to have authenticity and autonomy within ourselves, we're figuring out how to integrate these things. But what I will say about our parents and, you know, as a parent, I feel this so strongly, all our parents want is for us to be okay for us to be safe. And a lot of times what we as parents are putting on our children are the the conditionings that we have had from society, right? Like this is what I know that my daughter needs to have and be in order to be safe in this world. And it's not from a space of not loving us. It's just from, I want to make sure you're okay. And this is what I've experienced life to be, right? But I hear you saying, my mom is attempting to really see me and understand me. And There's this line in Glenn Doyle's book, Untamed, where she says, a woman becomes a responsible adult when she becomes a disobedient daughter. Mm, I love that line. And I think why that's important is because sometimes what we are teaching and, you know, as the children of our parents, sometimes it does become our work to be the pioneers, to be the paradigm shifters and show them that there's another way of being and we'll all be okay. You're teaching your parents as you Mm -hmm. stand in your power you don't have to worry about me. I'm going to be okay. I believe in me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then they believe in you too. Uh, that's, that's, I think that's so true. I will, I have to be the disobedient daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's just, it's just so hard, you know, when people, uh, you know, it's so hard to be because all people talk about is you and mm. Because our community is so small, I feel I can't break away from that tag of that, you know, she had that canceled marriage. That's, mm-hmm. that's the first thing that comes up in any conversation. And I'm like, okay, move forward. And people want to know why it happened, how it happened. And I am like, no one will know except both of us, what we went through, because I can't explain seven years of things to them. Or should you? By the well, way. yeah. And here's what I'd like to offer about them wanting to know why Mm -hmm. the reason that people seek understanding of like why a relationship ends or why a marriage ended is because they're attempting to keep themselves safe. Meaning Mm -hmm. what can I sort of guard against in my own relationship to make sure this doesn't happen to me, right? (laughs) That's what they're looking for. That's their projections. And it's really not for you to hold, right? Mm -hmm. So if you can see it and stand back and say, oh, they're afraid about what they have been conditioned to believe they need to be in society to feel safe. This actually has nothing to do with me. And so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take that on, you know? Um, I know the truth of what went on behind closed but doors between us. I know what is true about my life and where I'm headed and their stuff is for them to handle, for them to work through. It's really none of my business, you know what I mean? Yeah, and the mothers of the guys are all into why, what did she go do wrong? Mm-hmm. You know, they are guarding themselves against that. 
Well, and listen, I think the good thing, Sarah, is that like, if you know right now, because it sounds like you're pretty sure about this, like, you know, right now that you're not in a stage or a place where you are actively looking for that, right? Like you're not looking to get married right now. Like maybe eventually fine, but right now, you know, that's not where you're at. So then again, going back to what Danae said, it's like, let them hold that. Because I think right now the work that you're doing is so profound in that this experience doesn't define you. It's a piece of you. It is a part of your story, right? And, and the further into this, the further along on this journey that you get, the further into this individuation process that you get, the more like integrated that story and other stories become. And the less you feel like I need to explain this one piece of myself, the less you feel like this is some kind of scarlet letter, right? That you have to carry around with you. Um, and the further along in that journey you get, the, the easier it actually does become to be like, yeah, I'm not going to really answer that. Like, that's not really, we can talk about something <laughs> I else. I have early. just started that. Right. I have exactly. started that. Good for you. I'm like, yeah. can't do that again. No. But and it's it not their business. To be, is it wrong to want that individuation process, but still crave for that love and attention and you know, I think wrong. No way. I mean, look, no. we, we all want connection. I, that's a very yeah. normal human desire. We're that, wired for it. Wired for it. Right. We're wired for connection. It's part of our survival. Right. I mean, as just as, as animals, literally, you know, mm-hmm. and so it's very normal and it's normal to want both autonomy and also attachment. Like these are the two biggest yeah. desires that the human animal has. But it has to be authentic to me attachment. Yes. It has to yes. be attachment that feels like it's true to my soul. And you will know when that's the way it feels. And what I feel like we are hearing you say is that's what I'm on a quest to find is a place where I can soften into this, you know, this feminine essence that you're speaking to of wanting to be held, of wanting to feel like, you know, I can be soft and I can be safe. And this can be the space in the world where I feel okay. And I still feel like Sarah. I still feel like yeah. the true expression true. of who I am, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just want to be, you know, maybe, yeah, you know, authentic connection. That's the, because I keep, I keep analyzing anyone who comes, I'll be, am I going back to my own pa- old patterns? Am mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm so scared that fear of, I don't know, heartbreak again, mm-hmm. can't go through that. I just, it's, it was hard. Well, you said a very important word. You said analyzing, right? And so what I would invite you to do is get a little bit out of the headspace and drop into the body space and pay attention to how this feels. And when you start to feel fear creep in, because it inevitably will, because when we're attempting to open ourselves up to love, that is one of the most vulnerable spaces we can enter. And then ask in those moments where I start to feel like fear is creeping in, but what would love say about this? What does, you know, my instinctual pull towards love say about this person? Like, does this resonate? Do I want this person, right? If I'm, if I'm defending against what I'm afraid of, then that's not my authentic self. If I'm moving in the direction of what my soul really loves and really feels alive when it's in the space of, then, then that's true. And it's scary because if you do in any way, you know, struggle with the codependent stuff, I mean, that authentic nature is, is kind of buried sometimes. Mm. And so it does take some experimentation. It takes some trial and error to actually figure out what that body sensation is, you know, not get out of the head and actually into the body that takes practice. That's not something that we can just turn on and off because mm. that head is there to protect us 
and it's done a good job thus far until it didn't. And so now <laughs> it's like, oh my God, what do I believe? What do I trust? Right. And that's normal. And I, I think that, look, even if you're not in the space to get into a serious relationship, all of these little micro experiences that you're having are still giving you an opportunity for the trial and error to pay attention to what's coming up for you in that body space that Danae is talking about. That really is your intuition. That really is your authentic self. Because when you get to the place where it, it feels right, by that time, you've had all these experiences that are strengthening that muscle. And so when you get to that place, you'll be able to actually listen deeper than you would if you weren't allowing yourself these little individual experiences. And by the way, these experiences are coming up at work. They're coming up in family situations, right? It's not just in the romantic relationships that we're learning how to trust ourselves. And so you don't have to be putting yourself in serious relationships in order to be feeling into and strengthening that part of yourself, right? This is, this is a lifelong process of, of trial and error. Yeah. And I feel like what I hear you saying, V, is like, you can give yourself permission to slow down in the process totally. so that you learn to tune into what I'm feeling yes. in my body so that I'm responding versus reacting to what I'm afraid of. And I think that that's, that's the journey you're on. And I know that we would love if you would keep us posted and, and just let us know how you're doing yeah. and send <laughs> us an email and let us know how you're going with that space of slowing down and tuning into what's inside of you. Okay. I would love that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Sarah. I really appreciate you coming on. This is great. And yeah, like Danae said, please let us know. Keep us posted. And maybe we'll do even like a follow-up later. Check in yes, with you. we'll do that. All for right. sure. <laughs> right. Sarah. Okay. Thank you. Hmm. I'm so glad we had that conversation. I feel like that's something that, you know, we've talked about. It can be really challenging to hold space for what are some of the cultural components that really need to be honored as we are still attempting to do some of the individuation work that we support clients with, you know? Yeah. And I, I've had a lot of people actually reach out to me, like whether it's DMs or whether it's like in the lab, talk about how it's really tough. I think, you know, I've, I think I spoke to this in the actual episode, but like the generational difference too. And I think there is this push and this drive um, to respect both. Like you said, it's the mm. and not the but, right? It's like, I can see the importance of, let's say like the collectivistic cultural components and I still want to have autonomy and I want to find, you know, space to be my authentic self. And what does that mean? What does that look like? How do I do that in within the confines of the family structure? And, and you know, I don't want to be disrespectful and all these things. So I think that Sarah puts words to it all beautifully and, and really mm -hmm. brings the struggle to light. Um, and I think it's just that I think it's like holding the and instead of it being a but. Yeah. You know, I feel like we talk about a lot that there's no such thing as one way liberation or that one person is liberated through any experience. And I think what I find a lot of times is as we attempt to, as you so beautifully just said, hold the and of, I want to respect my family and my culture and, you know, our values. And I need to step into some version of my authentic self that is expanding. I think we give a little bit of permission to our family and sometimes like our parents and, and our community really to, to do that for themselves as well, you know? Mm -hmm. But it does not mean it's not uncomfortable. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to connect with us, you can find us on Instagram at Vanessa S. Bennett and at Danae Logan Selkin.